Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the SAFCast. I'm Connor Donnelly and this week I'm joined by Antrim Senior Football Captain and Lavjar Footballer Declan Lynch. Declan talked about the season just gone, Calvin's surprise Ulster title, Lenny Harbison's impact, his first impressions of Antrim's new management team headed up by All-Ireland winner Enda McGinley, Casement Park and the championship targets for the years ahead with his club. If you've been enjoying this show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and you can also follow us at the SAFCast on Instagram and Twitter. Anyway, here's the episode with Declan Lynch. Okay, so I'm here with the Antrim senior football captain, Declan Lynch. Declan, how's things with you? Not too bad, yeah. Going rightly. Um, enjoying, the, enjoying the downtime while we have it and making the most of uh, getting over niggles and in small injuries and looking forward to getting back and getting back on the horse and going again next year. So, like looking back at the year just gone, there, like how how would you sum it up? I'm sure it probably feels like two seasons in one year, really. Yeah, it really did. I thought we were starting to come good um, just before lockdown, and then after lockdown, um, had a disastrous result against Wicklow, and sort of put it right, uh, well, somewhat right against Waterford, and produced a, a good enough performance. Probably could have won the game against now the current Ulster champions, uh, which is which is strange. But um, no, ultimately I think we, if you know, if we're going to be brutally honest, we, we failed in, in what we set out to do this year um, and getting gaining promotion from Division Four. So again, we we missed out narrowly narrowly on it, but you know we still missed out on it. Yeah, and I suppose that's something that it just shows you really the competitiveness of Division Four. Like, and I would say probably this the the break in the year just came at the wrong time. Um, I think is it three years in a row finishing third and never much in it in terms of promotion. Obviously, right up to the the final whistle in the in the final round of games, if if Sligo would just got a result, really. Yeah, no, there is there there isn't anything usually um, between the the three to four teams in in Division Four. It's a very very tough division to get out of but um, you know if we want to improve as a county we need to get out of division four and get out of it fast and that's what we'll set up to do you know when we come back next year but um, you know that's uh, that's the way it goes and uh, we failed in what we set out to do um, for our play to Limerick and, and, and Wicklow um, but you nearly have to go the season unbeaten and and to some degree and you know we, we fell short again um, that's the third year in a row as you say that we've, we've just been pipped at the post but you know we've only ourselves to blame to, to be putting ourselves in the, in that position relying on other counties to do us favours uh, in the last game you know we should have we should have really been getting into that Waterford game knowing any result would have seen us promoted but you know we just didn't turn up again against Workno and we're seeing what happened when you don't turn up in, in, in county games. Yeah, and like obviously with Wicklow then went on to get promoted, I suppose, and Limerick going up as well, probably, especially with 
good win over Limerick earlier in the year. Like, you know, you were, I think it was possibly your biggest victory in the division, actually, or near enough anyway. Like, it's it must be, it just puts it into perspective, really, just what way the Division 4 can go. Yeah, no, it's strange seeing, uh, seeing Limerick uh, get promoted, win the league, and yet we convincingly um, beat them just the game before lockdown. You, you know, it might have been a different story if, if, if lockdown wouldn't have came, but um, it did. And we, Wicklow got themselves um, sorted. And, um, you know, I think people sort of thought going into the Wicklow game that, not the players, but around the county, that um, it was nearly a, a done deal. And, you know, that might have crept in the a bit of the players thinking come when we went down to Ockram and we were, we were taught a lesson. Uh, they, you know, to be brutally honest, it could have been, it could have been more. Um, so we were sort of lucky to get out of Auckland with with that hammer uh, as it was. Uh, but you know, you'll always get strange results in Division Four. You know, there's always uh, there's also I'm sure people looking back and, and seeing us um, beating Limerick so convincingly, they were probably wondering how we didn't get promoted. In your next game, you go out and get you get beat um, by that many by Wicklow. So, no, that's at the end of the day, the, the table doesn't lie when when it's completed. So, we just again fell short and failed in our objective. Like in terms of the championship, then, and you mentioned Calvin, and you know, obviously they went on to win Ulster, like which no one saw coming. Um, you just played them in the championship this year in a game that was probably. Calvin probably were the least impressive or at least, you know, in comparison to some of the other games. What, what were your thoughts, like your take on them having faced them at that stage and how, how I suppose, you played against them too? No, I thought um, I thought we set up well against them. Uh, we devised a good game plan and to be perfectly honest, at halftime we should have been going in um, a few points further ahead. Um, we had chances in the second half goal chance and a lot of point chances but no I, I think that um, we we did play well but Calvin probably took us for granted a bit like uh, Donegal might have done with Calvin in the Ulster final there on Sunday but um, Calvin just grew into the game and I, I think they're, they're a very very good team um, you know they've shown serious grit and determination and character to, to play that many weeks on the bounce and still come out um the Ulster Championship, you know, uh, fair play to them. No one would have predicted that at the start of the year, so it just shows you uh, what can happen. And it's a, it's a strange year. You know, Tipperary went in Munster and, and Cavan went in Ulster. So, um, no, it, it's, it gives you confidence going forward as well that, you know, we're, we're actually not that far behind um, some of the teams in Ulster. You know, that people outside of, of Antrim and yeah. might think. You know, we're, we're, we're the bottom county. Yes, we are um, on paper, but, uh, you know, I, I believe we have the talent within the county to be um, achieving a lot more yeah. than what we currently are. And, you know, I think moving forward, we hopefully will start to show that. Yeah, and I think just that's that's, that's kind of what I was going to ask next was that you know like you look at look at a team like Calvin who got relegated Division Three and okay the league was a bit a bit funny in Division Two where they were you know in the last game they could have got promoted or they could have got relegated just depending on the results but um, looking at a side like Calvin you know <clears throat> I suppose yeah Tipperary obviously was a shock and actually Tipperary I think drew with Limerick in the 
in the semi-final they went the extra time there so uh, but but Calvin beating Donegal and that um, what's the sort of thing that could be taken from that would you put it down to the kind of nature of the year that we have and the fact that it's straight knockout and maybe a team like Calvin are more likely to you know go for the win in that, in that situation or do you think that it actually just it really does demonstrate that there's that there is a bit of a more of a, le- a level playing field and if t- certain teams take their eye off the ball against you that the teams can be caught out no, I I agree. I think it would be we would be very unfair on Cavan and saying that, you know, it is because of the year that it is. I mm-hmm. think Cavan fully deserved um yeah. beating Donegal on on Sunday there, you know, playing week in, week out for six weeks in a row. Um for play to them for that. But it, I really do take a lot of confidence from it. You know, yeah. even though we were beat by Cavan, I, I take a lot of confidence from that result. But you know, we we can't we need to get out of that mode of, of being happy with um, sort of two to three point defeats in Antrim. Yeah. We need to be looking to, to improve on that. And you know, right now, we, we are, you know, when we draw, draw some of the Ulster Championship um, teams, Donegal and, and Tyrone and stuff, you know, you are relying on them having an off day mm. at the minute and, and Antrim being at their best to cause a shock. But it just shows you um, that the shocks do happen. You know, yeah. if you if you wanted it enough and you're set up well enough, and um, you know everyone's buying into it, that that shocks can happen, and and I really do believe that we aren't that far away, but it has to start by getting out of Division Four. You can't talk about progressing in Ulster Championships while you're in Division Four. Yeah, that, that's something. Then talking to a few different people in the recent weeks, they always mention about the league, and the same with the hurlers as well. Obviously, getting up into Division One and competing at that level is just vital in terms of bringing the team on and just raising uh, standards and expectations and just you know if you're going into division three say like you know there's a big there's a bigger there's a bigger ask off you and i suppose then just kind of having that built in kind of leads you on into those championship games and uh, you can see the teams like say calvin who have played division one football even recently you know in recent years too and and i suppose that's that ultimately is the big goal then no, it is, and I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head there looking at the hurlers. Um, they've gained promotion um, up to Division 1, and you can see them. They've just went from strength to strength in this Joe McDonough Cup, and they're they're really building something good, which is which is really, really important and positive for the whole county. You know, and and that's the way I want the footballers to be. I really yeah. feel that it's imperative to get out of Division 4, mm-hmm. um, and it's no slate on, on any on any teams or counties in division four because they're all thinking the same yeah they all they all feel that they shouldn't be in division four and, and you know rightly so we we've no god-given right to, to say that we shouldn't be in division four you know we're in there more years than enough so um we gotta get the heads down and, and start changing the attitude and the culture within the county and that starts from you know the collective within the management the players and Getting back on the on the horse and really putting a serious effort in because, as you say, Cavan wasn't too long ago that Cavan were playing Division One football and and I think it showed. Um, you could see even when we played them; they were, at, you know, at stages they were a second or two ahead in their in their thought process than us, and and that's where yeah, that's where the gains are made. You know, yeah. we're training training every bit as hard as as the Dublins and the carries of this of this world, but it's 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 a thought process and playing better teams on a regular basis that's going to improve you. Yeah, 
Um, you mentioned about the the management there, and obviously, um, Lenny Harbison decided to step down after um, I think it's his third year. Um, what's what sort of impact has he had on you know on on you and your role? You obviously been captain now for a couple of seasons too. Um, what sort of impact has he had on the team there in terms of uh, bringing the county on? No, I think he, he's he's had a positive role, Lenny, and, and his team that were involved. Um, you know, I I can only thank them for. For taking Andrew, um, for you know, we didn't get promoted, but uh, but I think we've progressed. Uh, I'd say players have progressed. He's give, you know, we had no other option but to give other boys their, their chance, and I think that's that can only stand Andrew in good stead. Um, looking to the future, and you know, him putting his faith in me to to lead Andrew footballers is is a massive show of faith from him to me, and you know, I'll I'll always thank him for that. It's a great honour to get the to get the play for your county, and uh, never mind captain it. So I'm lucky and honoured to, to do that. But I think uh, Lenny leaves leaves the, the setup in a in a good in a good way, and I think Enda and Stevie and Sean and Stevie will uh, take us on to, to a new level and build on what Lenny and and the lads um, put down before they went. Yeah, and we'll come on to the the new management in a minute, but I just want to say about like you know captain in the county and say captain at club level and that is it something you would have placed a lot of thought into doing something different whenever you're captain, or you know would you have felt the pressure and having to do anything different, or do you just try to do it, lead it more just in the way that you play and that there kind of thing? I suppose. Yeah, I was reading you made your debut was at 2012 so actually you've been around the squad you know a good lot of years now um, and I suppose probably looking looking there's a lot of younger boys coming through is that the sort of role you see yourself having? Okay, yeah no um, I still think I'm a big part to play um, in yeah. the squad I've been there for a while yeah. but no I just I'm, I'm you know quite vocal in the in the changing room you know and, and even if I wasn't captain I, w- I would still continue to be vocal you know yeah um and encouraging boys just making sure you know and there's it's not just me it's it's the whole it's the whole team that does it i i think we've we've improved on that over the last few years of boys just taking more responsibility on themselves and which is great so you know it doesn't change how i play or how i go about um playing or preparing for for games and trainings it's just something that you're you're given the responsibility to do and i'm uh, you know, I've I've absolutely loved it, and you know, uh, that's I suppose they seen something in me that they thought was was good to, or was positive to take on the role of captaincy after Cobod stepped aside for the year. So you know, I'm grateful that they they obviously seen seen that in me. Yeah, and the uh, you mentioned about the new management there. So obviously that's been announced. Enda McGinley taking charge along with Stephen O'Neill, Sean Kelly, Stephen Quinn. Um, you must be looking forward to a new season with them in charge. You know they clearly have seen something themselves. You know to want to go for the for this role. It must be something the the, the squad is, is is looking forward to getting started there. I think it, I I think it um you know more than the squad. I think it's really you've re- I've really sensed the buzz around the county again. Yeah. But like you know, when the herders appointed Darren Gleason, mm-hmm. it really caught the eye that an All Ireland winner was coming in to take to take Andrew. And I think you know we have that now in our in our setup. Um, lads are really really looking forward to, to getting working under under these lads and you know learning from them. These lads have have been there and done it. 
um, and wore the t-shirt and got got the medals. So you know, who better to work under than than lads that have been there and done it? And you know, Sean Kelly as well in there, uh, an Antrim. You know, arguably one of the best players to commit of Antrim. So um, it's great to have some of my own connections there still involved in the in the setup and um, that we can that we can rely on and lean on as well for advice. Yeah, it seems like as well from the management team that they have that they, you know, there's a very deliberate kind of spread across the pitch as well in terms of the areas that the, the lads would be kind of, you know, obviously Stephen O'Neill up front. And, you know, there seems to be real thought that's went into that there. Um, has there been anything in play yet in terms of looking ahead to the news? I suppose we haven't really got a calendar yet for next year in terms of when games will be played. But what's it like looking forward? And has there been any much contact with the, with the lads so far? Yeah, well, um, you know, and has touched base with myself, and I'm sure he's done it with with other lads in, in the squad, just to just to see what um, what the story is for for next year, um, just touching base really to to let us know um, that he's really looking forward and his vision and um, what his thoughts are and objectives are for next year, just to um, to get a sense of the squad, and you know, I'm sure once it becomes clearer. Uh, what the schedule is and what the layout is of, of 2021 then um, and then the lads will they'll put a plan together to, to ensure we're, we're in tip-top shape and ready to take on Division 4 um, and you know again it'll be our main objective getting out of Division 4 so you know that's that's what we got to strive for and be in the, the perfect shape for but at this stage you know the also Championship of 2020 has just been played a week ago so um, I suppose it'll be a while before it's it's clear and when we can get back to train and that stuff. But uh, no, it, it, it's 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 positive in the in the first few days of of the new reign. So um, it's a sign of good things to come. Yeah, and I mean you mentioned about um, focus on Division Four, and it's you know it's getting a lot of attention. Obviously, with Mickey Hart taking over the Lowe's job, what did you think of that when you heard it? No, fair play to him. I'm sure uh, I thought once he. Once he made his comments on BBC that that he, he obviously wasn't for for taking a year out or going into retirement and uh, fair play fair play to for for jumping and getting them. But listen, um, I wouldn't swap our boys at the minute. I wouldn't swap them for for anyone. They they've been appointed and you know we're really looking forward to getting working with them. So it'll be good battle and um, between ourselves and Louth and. And that connection on the line, but um, now we're we'll be fully focused and well prepared under under the setup as it is. Yeah. Um. No. no it's um. No. It certainly has exciting times, and like I think you're. I think kind of what you're saying there about people around the county notice, you know, taking notice of it and the kind of signal of intent, you know, by the by by the county to make these kind of appointments and something even in recent weeks we've been talking about is that kind of creating that good good feel factor and you look at the other county squads that are doing well, you know, the Camogues are obviously into an all Ireland final now and the hurlers are gonna, you know, uh, I think bar in a <laughs> twenty seven point swing or whatever it is, they're in the Joe McDonough final and I know the ladies footballers lost last weekend, but you know, into the semi they were into the semi final there. So it is probably about creating that that good feel around the county, which I think there I think there has been this year. No, there there has, you know, um and even, you know, as we beat Limerick just before lockdown, you know, you could see you could really feel a good buzz around the whole county with the hurdles doing rightly. Um and then lockdown came which was sort of Put a dampener on it, um, but the hurlers have, have have carried that on 
on whenever the footballers slipped a bit. Um, and they're going to play Kerry, I think, maybe for the 20th time or whatever it is this year in, <laughs> yeah. in the Joe McDonough Cup. And, you know, the ladies just fell, fell short in their, in their semi-final, uh, which is unlucky. But, you know, they're, they're making good progress yeah. under, under Dave McConville and the Camogues in their final as well. So now it is. It's a, there's a real good buzz. And I think the closer, the closer it gets to the start of next season, I think you'll, you'll, you'll get an even bigger buzz around, around the county with... With the end, then the lads sort of fully involved and in, you know being involved in training and picking their panel and and that you know when it's getting closer to the league games. So I think you know it's it's good for for Antrim in the future. Yeah, I've, I've sort of been asking everybody this: What did you make up make of the kind of the split season kind of idea in terms of the club then county or county then club, whichever way around it comes? Is that something you you think worked well? You think it's something that should be looked at long term? No, I definitely think uh, there's something. It, it should definitely be looked at, um, the way Antrim ran as well. You know, with the with the sort of group stages of the championship as well worked well. It gave yeah. other boys to get to get more games. But in terms of the the club and county split, uh, it's something that should be should be considered moving forward. But it's just it, it would need to be done right to ensure the club players aren't forgotten about again. You know that they're not left behind or you know they wait until until county's over before they get going because um that would be unfair on the club players. Uh so now it, it's I think it allows you to concentrate on county and then club or else club and then county. It give you can give your, your full to that one one group or one panel and then once that's done you can go and shift your mind to to the, the other. Um, the other the other whether it's club or county, you know, because the minute boys are obviously focusing on county and then during that it's switching to the start of club campaign and you know, I'm sure you'll see a, a decrease in injuries as well and boys, you know, maybe staying on for that bit longer as well, whenever there's a complete split season. Um, I was uh, just speaking of the club, I was reading an interview you did with in the Irish News, I think it was last year and you know, obviously, with the club, you won the championship in 2017, and you said that it was a great achievement. But it was the Ulster Minor title that you won in 2010 was the one that sticks with you. What, what why, why do you think that there, or what, what's the sort of, what's the sort of thinking there? <laughs> like, you know, a lot of people probably would that's, have it the other way around. But no, listen, that's uh, it's still a hot topic of a hot topic <laughs> within within the club and within some boys who have who have won uh, the senior championship. Most notably, Paddy Cunningham. He, uh-huh. It doesn't sit. It doesn't sit well, and that's it'll affect that. Um, but no, I've said, uh, it actually came up on his, his stag last year, actually. So um, no, it's it's just something that yes, a senior football championship is absolutely unreal. We waited so long for it, but just there was just something different about about winning an Ulster minor. You know, a team from. West Belfast or just on the outskirts of West Belfast that that had drawn Oma in the first round and were expected to get beat out the gate um, won that game and then just went from strength to strength and were, were constantly written off every game and weren't weren't given a chance but you know a, a group of lads from, from West Belfast were able to win an, an Ulster Minor Championship which is it's just unreal, and maybe maybe some boys, maybe 
Harry might be a bit jealous of, of Justin that <laughs> I was going to say. That, that's why he's given off. But no, listen, that's, I'll, I'll stick by it. Uh, uh, winning an Ulster minor for me has definitely been the highlight of, of my career so far. I think you'll you'll find that it'll be the lads who haven't won it, you know, they'll be pointing to it. So yeah, I think you get the right answer there. Um speaking of Belfast, obviously there was good news about Casement Park there recently. Um what are your memories about playing, you know, with the ground before it closed and obviously like what's kind of what what kind of role do you see it as a kind of I suppose not just a place to play in, but kind of a symbol for the county going forward? No, it's 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 absolutely positive news that, that Casement's been given the, the green light. Um to start moving forward and, and getting rebuilt. Um, no, my, my memories of it, you know, I played quite a lot of casement. I was lucky enough on the race to play a good, a good bit there. And, you know, uh, with that minor team, we played there quite a bit and then a few county minor games and under 21 and senior games. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it was, it just seemed like it was just something different about casement. Compared to any other any other ground, it was it's always freezing, you know. In the <laughs> so it was always cold, um, you know. And I would love them to be able to to keep that small sort of tunnel in as you're coming out uh, of of the old casement. I would love them to. I would yeah. love them to have done something there to keep that. Uh, that was always great. I always enjoyed coming out there. Um, but I think in terms of of moving forward, uh, probably the one thing that that's been said and bandied about the last few years is that, you know, Antrim haven't been getting results on the pitch and somehow it's down to not having Casement Park. I think that that's something that needs to be sort of taken with a pinch of salt. You know, it's it's not the reason why Antrim haven't been performing well on the pitch. Um, you know, we can't use Casement Park as an excuse, but I think it what it does do is it galvanises the squad that now they, they've a chance to play in their home pitch um, in a couple of years' time. And it also galvanises the youth within Belfast and Antrim that now they've, they won't be playing in, in other club pitches um, as their home county ground. They'll be playing in a new state-of-the-art Casement Park. And it, I would like to think it'll drive the younger generations of Antrim on to, to want to play senior, senior football and senior hurling and, and ladies football and Camogie for their county, you know, because it's important that all all four codes are are represented and allowed to use um, the new Casement Park. I think it'll it'll add as a real motivational factor to to improve the standards around around Belfast and Antrim. Yeah, how buzzing would you be to go into the new Casement and they've got the they kept the freezing changing rooms? Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'll be I'll be too happy if, it's, if there's no heat, if there's no underground heating in the new casement. Uh, Just in the way change. No, room. but <laughs> no. Listen, um, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing it built. You know what it'll bring, not just for for GA for Belfast and Antrim, but just for for the whole of West Belfast. You know, I think it'll it'll galvanise the whole community there and. And allowed to grow from strength to strength, um, but no, I can't wait just to just to see it being built and the work start on it, you know, and hopefully get the get the play for for Antrim and Lavyark in the in the new Casement Park would be would be brilliant. 
Yeah, and I suppose it's interesting point. I say it's not just about playing on the pitch, but even the things like the jobs, you know, they'll be created from it, and even just that kind of economical impact on the area as well is like you know something not to kind of lose sight of either. No, absolutely. I think you know we we got to remember that this 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 will bring much more than than just a home for Antrim um, and a home for for Gales in Belfast. It'll bring with it you know a huge boost to the to the local economy as you say it'll bring with it uh, a massive amount of jobs and and just the bars and restaurants and cafes that are around the place uh that are probably hanging on and until casements built i think you, you they will they will see the benefit of of a new state-of-the-art casement you know so it's it's much more and it goes much deeper than just um ga yeah, and I think as well, if you're looking into, you know, going forward, like obviously he's won the county title 2017 and, you know, I imagine the aim for you every year is, you know, to be winning the county championship and possibly doing that at Casement Park or doing it wherever it may be is is is, pro- is, is most likely the, the overall aim anyway for you as a club level. No, listen, you know, we set out every year to to be there or thereabouts to win a championship. Um we won it in 2017. We were knocking on the door for for 10 plus years. Um, and we eventually got over the line in 2017. And once you get that taste and, you know, that feeling of being county champions, you just want it year in, year out. And unfortunately, we've just fell short uh, over the last few years. Uh, we had the game won against Cargan in, in 2019. And... We let it slip, and they fair played it, and they came back and and stole it from us. You know, two great two great battles. Um, you know, so so I feel that was one that got away there. Um, and Cargan obviously came out this year and and won it again in a in a tight battle against us in in the semi final, and then an even tighter battle in the in the final against Craigan. So it's it's a real healthy and competitive championship in Antrim. Um, but it, it, it's one that we feel that if we get ourselves right, you know, we could we could win it. But there, there are four or five or six teams in Antrim that, that will be sitting back saying the exact same as me and they have every right to do so. You know, the, you've ourselves, Cargan, Craigan, St. Gauls, St. John's, Port Glenown, and, you know, Ahagown coming up as well. So there's, yeah. there's plenty of teams, which is, which is healthy from you know, what it was a number of years ago when it was St. Gauls winning um, a number of championships in a row and Cargan sort of being there thereabouts and ourselves being there thereabouts. Um, but I think it's becoming a much more competitive championship over the last yeah. five or six years, uh, which is great. Ultimately, I would love to have done <laughs> what St. What Gauls uh, have done, but for a better that. But, you know, I still think we as we as a club have a lot to offer in senior football, and you know, come next year we'll be setting out with the same aim of, of winning the winning the senior championship. But it's going to take some stopping to, to stop Cargan again. But you know, we'll we'll be well prepared come, come that time when it, when it's whenever it is. So um, now our our aim, and I'm looking forward to it, is is hopefully winning another championship. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, Declan. Best of luck and. Thanks very much for joining me for this and best of luck for the, the upcoming inter-county season and for the club as well. And yeah, really appreciate your time. Don't bother at all, Connor. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Good luck.